Hello, Business Made Simple professionals. Welcome to the podcast that takes the mystery out of growing your business. This week, we're answering the question, how can you develop an effective digital marketing strategy for your business from the ground up? Special guest, Ryan Dice, CEO and co-founder of Digital Marketer, tells you exactly how. And shared so much valuable information, we had to make this a two-part series. But before we start part one of developing a digital marketing strategy for your business, let's check in with your host, Donald Miller. Ryan Dice is our guest on the podcast today. Ryan Dice runs a company called Digital Marketer. He's bought and sold, I don't know, maybe a dozen, two dozen companies. He knows how to take a company in-house, you know, like those shows on uh, that I tend to watch, those shows where they take an old car and they fix it up and then they sell it. Wheeler Dealers, that's the show I'm talking about. I love that show. What Ryan does is he buys companies, and among the many things he does to fix them up is he overhauls their marketing. And he looks for places where there are opportunities, places where they have not done a good job marketing, and he fills in all those gaps. So basically what I wanted to do in this interview with Ryan was, you know, let's pretend you got to overhaul the marketing at a company. And uh, how would you do it? And man, this episode, like a lot in the history of this podcast, is an ATM machine. <laughs> You're going to have revenue ideas uh, left and right. And uh, I'm always grateful to spend time with Ryan. He just generously shares his wisdom with, uh, with our audience. So here's my conversation with Ryan Dice. Ryan Dice, good to talk to you again. Donald Miller, please <laughs> pronounce your name correct. Donald Miller, great to talk to you again as well. Okay, you know, we both do a lot as, as it relates to marketing. You're the king. I want to know, you know, we could go story route because every time we get together, we pull out a whiteboard and geek out on, on narrative frameworks. But let's talk practical marketing. Let's say there's somebody, they make pies. They've got a pie company. They're selling a little bit at the local farmer's market. 10 years later, they're a $20 million pie company. What happened between the farmer's market and the $20 million in terms of marketing? In other words, like what was step one, step two, step three? You know, just use your imagination and say, okay, Don, here's how pie, let's call it Acme Pie Company. Uh, how did, what did Acme Pie Company do first to grow? The first thing that you got to do is begin at the end, right? Which is right. how does the sale happen? Like in, invariably as a company, like if you get any traction whatsoever, um, what you have to ask yourself is how is this happening and how do I get more of it? Right. So right. you, you got to think if you're, if you're this pie company and you're out there in the farmer's markets, right? Like when you make that sale, how did that sale occur? Well, somebody was at the farmer's market, they walked by, maybe they smelled the pie, you know, and, and they said, I want to buy one. So what you have there is you got a product and you have a channel. In this case, your sales channel is the farmer's market. Now, right. what most people want to do when they think about marketing is they, they geek out and they're like, oh, you know what I need to do now that I understand this marketing thing is I need to be in every single channel. So obviously I got to be, you know, selling our pies. You know, we need to be advertising in Facebook and Google and uh, I, I need a TikTok strategy, obviously. Right? And they try <laughs> to do 17 billion different things. And yeah. what I tell people is step number one is to first clarify how are your current sales happening and how do we get more of those in the same way? It's always easier to expand within a channel that's already working than it mm -hmm. is yep. to take your product into new channels. So that's kind of the first step. So first step is just, we got to sell more pies at the farmer's market. Yeah, bingo. And you, would that be, would you say signage and coupons that you're passing out? Or, or? Yeah, I mean, so let me talk about the process and then we'll get into maybe some of the tactics. So the okay. process is you start from the sale. 
so that the sale occurs. That is, that is, that is the, it's not the last stage of the customer journey, but it's the, you know, it, it's, it's kind of that, that, that part where you got a buyer. Now, what you want to ask yourself is, okay, what happens immediately before that? So we want to start at the sale and work our way backwards because marketing's job is not to sell. Marketing's job is to generate more sales conversations, whether that sale is occurring in the physical space, like getting more people into the right. store to walk up to your farmer's market or uh, stand, or it's you know getting more visitors to come watch a video on your website or attend a webinar, right? Marketing's job is to generate more of those um, sales conversations. I'm throwing up the air quote because it may not be a literal conversation. So how do we get more of those within the, the confines? We're going to just move one step prior in the customer journey, which is somebody walking up to the stand, right? All right. How do we get more people to walk up to the stand? Well, better signage, right? Maybe, maybe you say, I want to put a sign for the pies, like right out at the entrance. So they, they come and, you know, find ours. So the, the, the philosophy is you always want to start from a process perspective. You want to start from the sale and work your way backwards and optimize in reverse. Everybody simply wants to say, how do we get more people showing up? That's not really the answer. You start from the end, you work your way backwards, and you optimize each and every step. Now, once you have maximized that, and I would think at a farmer's market, you know, you're going to maximize it pretty quickly. Right. You're going to maximize it pretty quickly. So now the question is, we need to expand our channels. All right. Okay. So so let's go back. You know, we're going to do free samples. You know, there's a lady out in front of the line, you know, stealing business from other people's pie stands because she's got free samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a really good display. You're showing a lot more pies. You've got a big sign. You're probably, that's probably about it, right? She's not getting to 20 million that way. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but I do like what you said about like the free samples, right? So, you know, maybe you're getting people just to walk up. So how do I get more people to actually come up to my stand? Well, let's get out in front of it and offer samples, right? So that is a got good it. example of got moving it. away from, um, that's a better signage sampling. All of these are tactical things that are designed to do what? Get more people to walk up to the stand. Um, but yeah, you're probably not going to get to $20 million, um, doing that. So maybe you're thinking like, oh, okay, how do we expand within the same type of channel that we have right now? Right. So that's the first thing. So now you would be looking for other farmers markets. You'd be looking for other opportunities uh, in a similar environment. And then Where that- the sales motion is the same. Right. Gotcha. So okay. that's the key. So if we're going to expand everybody again, they want to, you know, they want to just go and get more traffic and get more awareness. Right. But if you know that you've got this selling strategy that works, let's drive more people into that specific conversation. And that's that's what you want to do first. So the sa- so samples and signage duplicated to uh, not just Northeast Farmers Market, but Northwest, Southwest, Southeast, all over the city. You're hitting all the major farmers markets. Yeah, and, and let's let's take this into the digital realm, where frankly I have more experience than farmers markets. Right? <laughs> this would be the equivalent of saying we've got this Facebook ad campaign that's working really well, and it's driving people. Uh, we're going from like a Facebook ad, let's say to a uh, to a webinar registration. And once we get people to register for the webinar, um, if we get whatever, uh, X number of people on the webinar, then we know that that 10% of them are going to buy or they're going to apply or whatever that action is. So right. we shouldn't be asking ourselves, right? How to like, okay, I've got a webinar that's working. That's our farmer's market stand. We shouldn't say like, okay, what I now need to do is I need to go and do a quiz funnel or I need to go and do, no, no, no. How do we just get more people into this webinar? This is the sales motion that is working. 
right? And so that's the piece to consider. How do we get more people to go through this exact same, uh, this exact same process? Got it. Okay. I, I want to do both then. I want to scale up both the Facebook idea and the pie idea. At some point, if this is my mother's pie company, she's going to have to duplicate staff because now she's got two farmer's markets that are happening on the same day, which adds another layer of complexity, right? You're trying to figure out who can actually do samples, who can make sure the inventory is right. But now she's got to shift gears. And let's say she's going to start selling these things online. Let's get, let's move quickly into your realm of expertise. You know, she's got a webinar on how to make a great pie and then you can order her pies. Now she wants to scale that up. And let's say she's got dry eyes, she's figured out the shipping and all that kind of stuff, and she can now scale. What's her first step moving into the online realm? Well, I think you got to decide who, who am I selling to? Because if you go online, you got to get crystal clear on who, who your who is. That's always the first step is determining who's my who. And because if I'm selling pies, I could choose to sell them direct to consumer, or I could choose to go more of the wholesale route and sell to, you know, uh, bakeries and restaurants and things like that. So that's always yeah. the first step, getting crystal clear. And the biggest mistake I see people making is they say, well, I, I sell pies, right? Uh, everybody loves pie. So my market is everybody. Um, right. and, it is, and it is absolutely vital. We need to understand that market segments exist as concentric circles, right? And, and, a, and a great example to use for this is, well, I'll use Facebook not as a channel, but as a product, right? When Zuckerberg first launched Facebook, their market was just Harvard students, right? That was the yeah, ideal right. market. That was that the center core of that concentric circle. Well, once it worked there, they then went out to other Ivy League colleges. Then they went out to all universities. Then it was universities and high schools, and then ultimately it's open to everyone. So right. just because anyone could be interested in your product. You have to ask yourself, who is our ideal market, right? Who are those people who are actively seeking what I'm selling? They understand the value, right? That is that kind of central, you know, ideal market. So that's where you got to know first. Now you're going to run up against that pretty quickly, right? You're going to run up against the size of that population. So then you got to go out to what we would refer to as the available market, right? Who's our available market? These are people who are solution aware, so there are people who are actively looking for pies, right? Right. They're actively looking for, they don't necessarily know us, right? They don't necessarily trust us. Um, they haven't necessarily bought from us in the past, but they're actively looking for the thing that, that we sell, right? And so getting clear on your who and starting with the smallest, most aware market is, is, is step number one. So that's what I'd say, like, who's your who? And for her, I mean, for her, let's, you know, I mean, cause we have an amazing number of businesses listening to this podcast who are like the people selling pies at, at a farmer's market. They're completely unaware of digital anything. And so understanding, look, I'm going to try to sell to people who have, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just shooting from the hip here, but who do weekly family meals, you know, or, or whatever. We know this demographic. They, they always have dinner after church on Sunday, and we're going to go after them. It's important just to say, okay, we're going to go after somebody. That way, we can reverse engineer our copy, what kind of emails we're going to yep. send, because you can't just write an email to everybody. Well, you, you know this, right? I mean, that's you can't possibly have clarity if you're talking to three different people at the same time. Right. And so that's what's going to inform. So now, okay, I know who I'm talking to. I got I have to create my, my sales page, right? There's got to be a page there where somebody can buy uh, what I'm selling. Now, you've got to figure out, we're talking digital, right? Digital marketing and digital campaigns. Is the job of this digital campaign to make the sale 
to close the sale in a digital environment? Or is it to generate a qualified lead where that sale is then closed over the phone, over Zoom, in the physical space? A lot of people misunderstand this about digital marketing. They think if I'm doing digital marketing, then clearly I need to transact the business online. Um, prior to COVID, did you know that only about, I think it was like 16% of sales, of retail transactions occurred online prior to COVID. Post-COVID, yeah, post-COVID in a world where like nobody could even leave, it only got up to about 33%. So still the vast majority of, of sales. And yet, you know, marketing, digital marketing spend now outpaces um, traditional kind of terrestrial spend. So don't think that just because you sell online or that, that you sell like over the phone or in a storefront, um, that you can't still market online and generate the lead. So now we know our who, that's step one. Step two is what is the specific action that we're trying to elicit from our marketing? Is it getting the transaction to occur online or is it generating some type of lead, some type of registration so that it can be sold uh, somewhere else? That, that's kind of the next thing. Are we trying to get them to the farmer's market? Is that where you start creating the sales funnel, Ryan? Is that where you start saying, okay, top of the funnel is they're going to attend this webinar. Next, they're going to show up at the farmer's market. Next, they're going to... Is that where you're starting to create the actual, what we'd call sales funnel? Yeah. I mean, that, so that would be the end, or, or I guess in the bottom of the funnel is like how, when they make that actual transaction, where does that take place? Like, where is the point of sale? And, and more, you know, more and more points of sale are occurring online. So if I'm selling pies and I'm selling it to a family, well, I have every reason to believe that somebody can make a buying decision without having to talk to somebody, without having to come into a store, right? right? They, I know what pie is. I've heard this pie is good. I have to believe that it's good. I will order this pie online. I will click a link, enter my credit card information and boom, pie arrives. Right. But you've got to decide, is that what you want? Or, you know, is your sales motion, hey, we want to have people, you know, tell us what, you know, what their favorite pie is. And we want to get them on the phone with one of our pie consultants who can teach them how to do it. Now, in general, if you don't have an average order value, you know, in the thousands, it, it usually doesn't make sense to generate, usually you can't afford to generate leads online at a low enough price point to make that math work out if that right. customer isn't worth a lot. So if I'm talking to somebody selling pies, you know, their average customer value is probably in the hundreds of dollars, if not dozens of dollars, right. Right. they're going to need to generate that lead and they're going to need to close that without any human intervention. But that is, I know my who, the second step is I need to clarify, like, what is the, the call to action that I'm going to make? Gotcha. Right. What is that specific call to action? Then I can build my sales page. Right. Then I can build my page because how do you build a page if you don't know the, what you're going to ask people to do? Well, we're going to find out real quick, I would imagine, with Mom's Pie Company that, you know, exactly as you said, we can't drive enough traffic to the farmer's market. We're going to have to have, we're going to have to ship these things. Yeah. We're going to have to have freezers full of pies and ship them in dry ice. And that's the only way this thing is going to scale. So at that point, we're making it a strategic decision. Nobody's physically going to stand in front of each other and talk. It's all going to have to happen digitally. If we're going to get to $20 million, that's the only way that's going to happen, I think. Unless you want to, you know, you have $20 million since 19,900 or 19,900,000 overhead. That's the only way to do the other way. So we don't want that. We want a lot of profit. Now she's made this decision. No, she just wants to sell these things over the internet. And you're consulting with her. What does her sales funnel look like? I mean, you know, give me all the options that she would create to, you know, is it Facebook ads? Is it webinar? Is she going to incorporate social media? How is she going to, what's the sales funnel going to look like for her to sell these pies? 
So it, what you're dealing with here, if you're selling, if you're selling pies, there, there isn't a tremendous amount of education. You know what a pie is, right? It's sugar. If it's done right, it's sugar and it's lard. That's all. <laughs> right. And, and that, yeah, lots of lard. And that is, but that is important, right? Because very often people see these funnels and they're like, okay, I see this marketer over here doing webinars. And I see this one over here who's got like a quiz or a contest funnel. And this person over here, um, you know, they're doing a product launch. And it's like, okay, you just have to ask, what must someone know, feel, or believe to be true to be able, willing, and ready to make a purchase? Yeah right? What do they have to do? Now, when it comes to pies, they simply have to believe that your pie is, is better than the one that they could get at the, you know, just down the store frozen, frozen one. They got to believe that it's, you know, that it's amazing. So for this one, the sales funnel is all about how do we bring them in and get them to make that, that initial transaction. So what I always ask myself is how do I get them to make a micro commitment? Hmm. I know I want them to buy not just one, but a lot of pies. You want them, you want to be their pie source. Yeah. I want to be their ultimate source of pie where they're on, maybe, maybe I want to be on the pie of the month program where every month I'm shipping them a ton of pies, right? Uh, You know, I'm getting them a few and, and over the holidays, like I'm their source of, of gifts and things like that. Right. So that's what I want. I want them in our, you know, pie club. I want them getting auto shipped. I want them buying gifts from us. I want all of these things, but where does it start? Yeah. Right. So if what you want is the, and again, I know who I'm, who I'm talking to. I know in general, how I'm going to be transacting that. Now I've got to say, what do I want? Well, I want them in all this stuff. Okay, great. That's marriage. Right. Right. Right? That's, that's marriage. That's not where it's going to start. And you can't even say from the outset, like buy all this stuff because I don't know you yet. Right. Right. So you have to say, okay, if that's marriage, then what's, Hey, let's go grab coffee. And so what I'd say, if I'm consulting with a pie person, uh, you know, is I'd say, well, so what is a small commitment, the smallest commitment that you can, that, that you can do um, that, that would be the equivalent of, you know, I understand, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Pie person that when you were selling these face-to-face that you were doing sampling, right? A piece of pie on the end of a, you know, on the end of a toothpick, yeah. right? So how can we bring that online? How can we allow people to kind of, you know, taste and experience them? And they say, oh, well, we have these little mini pies. And so what if we did a taster kit of all six of our pies, but in mini version, and it's for this amount, and it's basically, you know, essentially just enough to cover the cost. You're not trying to get rich right, here, right. but try this taster kit of all of our pies, right? All right. That is a micro commitment. So as humans, we show commitment in two ways, our wallets and our calendars. Time and money, money and time, it's how we show commitment. If there's no commitment of money and time, then it's not there. So just getting an opt-in isn't enough. I'm not saying that they shouldn't try to do that. But again, we're working backwards, right? So we want the person in the pie of the month club. We want the average order value to be 200 and something dollars. We want them spending $500 a year from us on pies, Right. right? That's what we want. How do we get them in there? Well, we want them to buy a single pie, right? Well, Maybe they're not ready to buy a single pie. Maybe they buy this taster kit. And so we put this thing together and that's what we promote. So all of the landing page efforts where we're driving people are trying to get them to buy this taster kit. Now, if we believe we can do that, we say, okay, what's the next logical Do you step? do that if they buy the taster kit, then you enter them into the next campaign, which is to buy, you know, make us your holiday pie. So every holiday, we're going to want you to buy some sort of pie from us. Do you literally think of it as campaign one? And there's a million people in campaign one, a hundred thousand of them actually make the commitment. So now there's a million, there's a hundred thousand people in campaign two, which is commit to us for a pie every 
holiday. And then anybody who does that, you go on to campaign three. Is that literally how you think of it when you think about digital marketing? Yeah, I think about it in those stages. So, so now we know what the starting, what the entry point is. So our entry point offer, and this is what all companies do need to figure out. What is your entry point offer? And the entry point offer needs to be a micro commitment, right? There could be something else before that, but what's your entry point offer that is a micro commitment? Our StoryBrand certified guides are the best marketers in the world and know how to get your business a huge return. For this week's Marketing Minute tip, our very own StoryBrand marketing guru, Dr. JJ Peterson, talks with StoryBrand certified guide, Matt Carroll. You have an international client that you work with, a business consultant, and he was really struggling with some stuff when you started working with him. What was going on with him? Well, the biggest issue is he had a hard time really connecting with his customers. His biggest struggle was he was talking way too much about himself. So they would hop on his website and they really had a hard time understanding the value that he brought to them. And so then you started working with them and what did you do to fix that and what were the results? Yeah, so the biggest thing we did, the, the first thing we did was really refined his message so that it, it made his customers the hero of the story. So we really refined his message. So he talked about them first. And after working with us, we, we redid his website and applied that to his, his pitches and proposals. And within three months, he was able to see an 8x return on investment. That is unbelievable. I love that so much that you're even working with international clients and getting them a return on their investment. So if you need help fixing your website, fixing your messaging so that you can talk more about your customer and less about yourself, then you need to hire a StoryBrand certified guide like Matt Carroll today at marketingmadesimple.com. Well, unfortunately, we've reached the end of part one in our two-part series, Developing a Digital Marketing Strategy for Your Business with Ryan Dice. But here's a teaser for next week's episode, where Ryan details marketing strategies you probably aren't implementing in your business that may or may not have gotten Don a little excited. If I'm a listener, though, I'm thinking, okay, I understand how to structure an offer, but how do I get more traffic? You still haven't gotten me more traffic. Traffic, getting more awareness online. Do you know how you get it? Here's the secret. That's brilliant. Everybody listen to me. This podcast is making you money. I don't know if you, you realize it or not. <laughs> Every time I get with Ryan, I make money. Join us next week for part two of developing a digital marketing strategy for your business with Ryan Dice. You definitely don't want to miss it. That's all for this episode of the Business Made Simple podcast. If you want to start on the path to becoming a Business Made Simple professional, just go to businessmadesimple.com. For only $275 a year, you get instant access to all of our online courses, plus live coaching sessions with Donald Miller every month. Let us help you take the mystery out of growing your business. Just go to businessmadesimple.com.